tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that knows Mickey Mouse is 90 years old and it's time for those cowards at Disney to start drawing him like it. I'm Cody. I'm Sam. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy Gosh. she's 90 <laughs> and should have fallen into the public domain like 40 years ago well you know <laughs> you know disney well they keep making stuff so i think it renews it anyway sure sure no actually it doesn't and they've been lobbying congress every time the copyright goes up mm-hmm. to extend it longer yeah which is ruining the public domain system but that's neither here nor there yeah but hey those new those most recent Mickey Mouse cartoons are kind of good. Yes, they are pretty good. They're pretty good. Anyway, thank you all for tuning into the show this week. We have a bunch of news to go over, but uh, first, let's talk about some things we've been uh, checking out. <laughs> we've got more going on than my hardline stance on the public domain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have to talk about uh, SNK 40th Anniversary yes. collection on the Switch. Yes, you do have to talk about it, Cody. And it's very, very, very good. Good. At first, I was kind of hard on it because I'm like, who wants to play these games? These are not the games that you think of when you think SNK. Because mm-hmm. when you think SNK, you think King of Fighters, King you Fighters. think Metal Slug. Yeah. And none of that's here. Oh, really? <laughs> it's all the oldest of the crusty old stuff, mm-hmm. but it's all actually pretty darn fun when you sit down and play it. Excellent. And the variety of options they give you is is excellent. If there's multiple versions of the game, you can play those, even if it's an NES version. Really? So you can play Arcade Athena. You can play NES Athena. You can, you can play Akari Warriors Arcade. You can play NES. You can play it in Japanese. Wow. It, it is the, the complete package. That is pretty awesome. So I, when I was initially down on it, I was wrong. It's very cool and a very good archival piece. Awesome. Well, are, are you going to be doing a full uh, review of it for the site yeah. later on? Okay, cool. Very cool. Well, I look forward to listening to that or reading that rather, I suppose. Listening Listen- with your eyes. Listening with my eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, um, one thing that I've been uh, checking out this week, I went back and rewatched The Last Dragon. Have you guys seen that? No. That's the one with Bruce Leroy, that's right? That's the one with Bruce Leroy. So, <laughs> so it is a... Um, a send-up is not the right word because it is played almost entirely straight. It is basically a Bruce Lee movie. It's a movie, it's a kung fu movie set in New York City in the 80s with a predominantly African-American cast that makes a million homages to Bruce Lee movies. Like he does the uh, the arm-moving thing from Enter the Dragon with, you know, with the uh, arm trailing yeah. Like that kind of thing. I think he does the nunchuck trick at one he point. He does the, there are some nunchuck uh, stunts, uh, all sorts of things with that. He um, watches a, blue, a, a Bruce Lee movie in the very beginning of the movie. He does while he's eating <laughs> popcorn with chopsticks out of a, out of a tub wearing a rice hat. Um, so, <laughs> so the plot of the movie is there's this, he, I think they never say how old he is. I think he's like in his twenties, early twenties, Leroy Green, otherwise known as Bruce Leroy, who is a Kung Fu master or Kung Fu enthusiast enthusiast who is looking for the final master to teach him the rest of his kung fu and he goes on this quest throughout new york city and while this is happening uh he has run-ins with 
um, a gang, a gang led by uh, Shonuff, the Shogun of Harlem, <laughs> which is pretty great. He's like seven foot tall, wears football pads, and is just an over the top, like crazy gang leader kind of guy. Yeah. There's also, um, but actually, that is a relatively small amount of the plot of the movie. The real thing is there is a um, like a Soul Train style show that's being for the teens. That is uh, hosted by this musical host. Uh, she's played by Vanity, uh, one of Prince's protégés yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. 80s. And there's this uh, arcade magnate who is trying to get his tone-deaf girlfriend's music video onto the show. And when sh- she says no, he kind of goes nuts and kidnaps her. And it's up to Bruce Leroy to save the day, <laughs> all while searching for the master. Yeah, and he, his master is like this atypical, like, old... Chinese guy. Yeah, like who lives a, on a lives on a boat. Yeah, lives on a house like a Pai Mei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Character. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the end of the movie, but it culminates in a fight scene with uh, Shonuff and Leroy. You know, with this big, long, extended uh, uh, fight scene, and throughout the movie, you think Shonuff is kind of a joke because you know you don't see him do anything. As it turns out, he's actually has the kung fu skills to back up all of his claims of being. The, the baddest low-down mofo in town. <laughs> Show enough. Am I the meanest? Show enough. Am I the prettiest? Show enough. Am I the baddest mofo low-down around this town? Show enough. Well, who am I? Show enough. Who am I? Show enough. I can't hear you. Show enough. The Shogun of Harlem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we layer the the Black Belt Jones theme behind all of this? <laughs> you know what the music? Actually the music in it is really in this movie is really really good because it was produced by uh Barry Gordy who uh was a music producer. He owned one of the major um R&B and uh like hip hop not really hip hop but like 80s R&B style um labels Motown I guess. Yeah. Like there's a full on music video for DeBarge rhythm of the night in the middle of this movie <laughs> and you can't really hate on it's not a terrible movie it's not it's it's surprisingly good i mean it, there's it's incredibly dated and it's super cheesy and it's super cheesy and it was very low budget like what little special effects there are in this movie are incredibly low budget but i think it works and it's definitely worth searching out don't spend a lot of money on it no no <laughs> but it's definitely worth definitely worth searching out without a doubt And the other thing I checked out, and I'll just do this super quick. I played through Deltarune. We mentioned it two weeks ago on our last show. I still haven't played it yet. It is about three hours. It's a full game, basically, but it's listed as a chapter one. I could get into a lot of detail about that delves into Undertale stuff, but it's going to sound like gibberish to anyone that hasn't played Undertale. But you should absolutely play Undertale. You should it's absolutely play Undertale. The best game, period. Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> this game has nothing to do with Undertale, except the characters from Undertale show up in it, but they're not right. Huh. Yeah, there are some things going on. Like, there are a lot of, a multitude of theories on oh, the I'm internet. Sure, I'm sure. Because uh, the guy who created it, Toby Fox, is known for having these really super layered, super dense, like plot within a plot within a plot within a plot kind of things. Although I kind of half expect that he is um, 
just throwing stuff against the wall and waiting to see what other people say and what inf- what other people infer and then takes that and he's doing market research basically and yeah. the game kind of it kind of is plays at that it kind of does yeah. a little bit i'm just glad we're getting more from toby fox mm-hmm. i figured undertale was gonna be it and he was gonna be done but you know what he's undertale was so good and he's made enough money that that could have been it yeah and you know but he he seems like such a genuine dude mm-hmm. and i'm i'm so glad we get a little more of of his talent yes <laughs> yeah but i would definitely say uh play on while this isn't tied to undertale except for one bit i would say play that game first and then play this one you can get undertale for pretty cheap mm-hmm. um it's on everything, everything. not xbox but everything nobody else. has that yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but uh i mean heck it just came out on the switch not that long ago yeah it's only 15 bucks on the switch right i now. saw a hard copy of it at a best buy really yeah oh nice but no that's what uh that's what i've been doing for the most part other than yeehawing across the uh wilderness oh yeah i've been doing that too oh man but I've oh been... and you've been playing red dead too oh yeah 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 i've been like mostly looking for like the really weird stuff in the game nice like there's two instances of ufos there's really yeah do you not see the videos i posted on facebook i haven't no i haven't seen i did not watch them because i didn't want to be spoiled (laughs) uh well there's some things and they always happen at night actually most of the weird stuff is at night which i think i assume that most people wouldn't find because i don't see a lot of people running around that game at night or Mm. would be running around the game at night since all the shops are closed and most your most of your missions and stuff only you can only access them during the day Let's see here. It's uh, still crazy to me that there's so much micromanagement of your main character. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you have to take a bath every day, and you have to, like, well, not shave. not every day. Not every or, day. Like, shave well, most days or I've days. actually been working on making my beard really big in that game. Yeah, oh, I nice. just want to see how big the beard gets. I'm not going to shave till... Uh, the... Once you hit a certain point, you have to keep using hair tonics, <laughs> or else it won't grow anymore. Yeah, I've just mostly been, like, finding, like, the weird stuff, like the... Uh, I almost want to talk about but I also don't want to spoil it for Cody. <laughs> I heard there's a... Uh... A Heaven's Gate style cult. That's the one shack I found, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's actually kind of ties into the UFO stuff, especially if you come back to the shack at night. So there's there's full on cowboys versus aliens going on in this game. <laughs> yeah. Are they uh, taking gold? Because uh, that's the plot of cowboys versus aliens. Uh, I don't think they're doing anything really. They wanted the gold to fuel their spaceship because <laughs> why not? I don't wasn't, know. Har- wasn't Harrison Ford in that? Yeah, yes. but he like phoned it in too. Well, Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, right. He's been phoning it in for the last 30 years. Oh, that's something I watched. I watched Hollywood Homicide with him <laughs> and um, <laughs> what's his name? Josh Hartnett from like the mid 2000s. That movie sucks. It is the worst thing I think I've seen in a very long time. It's not even enjoyably bad. I got it for a dollar at buybacks and it wasn't even worth the amount of plastic <laughs> plastic that is printed on. I am going to use it as an empty case. It is that bad, and throw the DVD away. It is rotten to the core. Uh, let's see here. Are Get... the aliens the same ones from Grand Theft Auto Five? I don't know. You don't see them. Oh. You just see UFOs. But they still could be. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's the Predator. I don't know. That's oh the, man, cowboys versus predators. That's the expansion. Oh the, man, the, the pre- DLC. A predator with a little cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, a predator versus an alien. And the alien has a tiny cowboy hat on the little tongue uh, thing. On the mouth, on the, the side tiny, of the He, op- he opens up mouth. his mouth and it just says, yippee Kaye" with a little <laughs> tiny hat. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in that. There's like, there's, uh, there's like legitimate ghosts. 
mostly kind of in the bayou area. There's so many like different biomes in this game. They all have like certain animals and certain ways they do things. It's a big game. It's a very it's big, a big it's game. It's a big game. Got a lot of stuff in man, it. Man, <laughs> it's a very big game. Anyway. Too bad there's no fast travel that's any good. You get an Arabian horse and you tap you tap gallop like crazy. You get from point A to point B pretty good. Anyway, I completely watched all of Castlevania in one sitting without realizing it. Oh, I watched all of it too. I've seen the first season of it. I haven't walked, gone back and watched the second half well, the, of it. The first season. Go ahead and spoil only... it because I'm probably going to watch it this evening. Well, the first season's only like. It's, four, it's like three, four, it's four episodes. It's four episodes, and the second one's eight, and yeah. they're all good, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's it's so so good. Like I love everything about it. Do you know why it's so good? Warren Ellis is a comic writer, so he knows how to write stuff. And this was originally a treatment for a movie. Hmm. He, uh, he wanted to do a movie back in the uh, early to mid two thousands, and this is it. Like basically, all the, like all the voice work is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The art's fantastic. You actually like feel for Dracula. Oh yeah! Oh, those first couple episodes with his wife. Yeah, I'm like, man, and like all the people in power are kind of really. Oh, really, they're rotten. They're yeah. awful. Oh, Carmilla. Oh yeah, her. <laughs> Though she's not quite like the Carmilla I'm used to because I'm generally used to like Vampire Hunter D Carmilla. Uh, Carmilla Castlevania Carmilla is normally a vampire that rides around on a giant skull, uh, <laughs> which is not in the the show. <laughs> Now, is Wolfman and, like, the monster and, like, Gilman and, like, no the Flea Man, are they in this? No. Uh. Honestly, other than vampires, the only other monsters you really see are just kind of demonic, gargoyle They did put the first boss from Symphony of the Night, that flying guy and the oh, guy the, with those the Oh, those two dudes? The, yeah, they're the, in it. The gargoyle buddies? Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, okay. And if you look around in the background, there's... There's stuff from the games. There's the health up and the MP up uh, power ups from ah, Symphony cool. of the Night. Um, Dracula uses what looks like a save point from Symphony of the Night to move the castle around. Awesome. Is there wall chicken? Actually, there is. No way. There's one part where Alucard and Dracula bust through a wall, and if you look really, really close, there is a wall chicken. In oh the wall. my god, that's so great! Yep, I'm I watching. Saw, I, I know saw what it I'm on doing Twitter. Tonight, yeah, that's super great. But everything, yeah, everything's just so good. They're it, so respectful to the source material. Oh, too. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. the The banter between Trevor and Alucard is oh, it's, it's the best. It is great. Like the they wrote they wrote the dialogue so good. And Richard Armitage does a very good job being Dracula. Like, nor- oh, Dracula's fantastic. Oh yeah, he's one of the best characters in the whole show. And Trevor rules. I love Trevor Belmont. Yeah, I kind of I- in the first four episodes. <laughs> I liked him a lot in those. His penitent need to hit everybody in the junk. <laughs> <laughs> they even call back to Leon Belmont. They do really. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. From the PS2 game that nobody liked, but I actually really like. I actually went back and started playing. Wasn't it again. that a uh, Rondo of Blood? No, Rondo. no, that's um, or is that the Trevor one? Rondo of Blood's the Richter one. Oh, Richter. before Symphony of the right, Night. Right. Uh, Lamont, Lamont of Innocence is the PS2 one. Yeah, it's 3D. Okay. And people generally don't like it, but I do. I don't know. I'm waiting for them to pop up in modern day and have Soma Cruz show up in his Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> there, the showrunner was talking about how much he likes Soma Cruz in an interview I read. Really? So there's a good chance they'll go to that well at some point. Do you, do you think cool. maybe they'll continue doing Castlevania and make it more like a, 
uh, anthology yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Pro- as long as it's making money and people watch it. It got renewed for a third season, mm-hmm. so it's likely. Um, Although they leave it open for more stuff at the end. Of- oh, yeah, they do. Now, I've heard that the animation dips a tiny bit between season one and season two because they had basically the same budget for season two, but they had to stretch it over eight episodes instead of four. I didn't notice it. Okay. I didn't either. Okay. Um, I did notice a slight art direction change, like from the first, from the, well, just the first few episodes to like later in the series is there's not as much terrible uh, gratuitous gore. Yeah. Yeah. They toned down the violence, which Mm -hmm. was kind of over the top in the first ones anyway. Oh yeah, it was. There yeah. was no reason for that gargoyle to be carrying a human baby in its mouth. Yeah. And like horses stepping on people's heads. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a well, that was That rough. was the influence of that guy who did the Power Rangers fan film with Katie Sackhoff a few years ago. He's still the showrunner. Oh, he is? Well, they must have had him do Adi less. Shankar. Yeah, or like name. have him like rein it in because that was definitely like his influence Man, in that it first was, season. It was rough. Yeah. Um, but I really, really liked it. I like uh, Sifa Belnades too. She's great. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Her magic is cool, and like her poses when she does it. Also, I love are the fact cool. I love the fact that they didn't like go with the whole sexy girl adventure thing. Yeah, like with, yeah. Her, with with like her look, she is like toned down the entire time, and well, I like love it. Like the the game, she's pretty much androgynous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one friend who's a big Castlevania fan, kind of complain a little bit on the second season because of a name of an item, the Morning Star is supposed to be called the Vampire Killer. That, Who cares? That might not be the Vampire Killer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's, eh. that's how I took it. I I'm think... not I'm not as familiar with the series to to really comment on it. Like, I t- I've played a few Castlevanias, but I'm not, like, deep in the Castlevania yeah. lore. I took it that that wasn't vampire, the Vampire Killer. So what... Okay, explain to our listeners what this is that we're talking about. The Belmonts uh, passed down a whip called the Vampire Killer that kills... Dracula. Mm-hmm. And it's like a whip with like chain. Uh, it's a whip chain. It's like a whip chain with like a ball on the end, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's what the Morning Star looks like in yeah. the show. Yeah. I just didn't think it was the vampire killer because I don't know. It's that's not what they use to kill Dracula. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he tried it. <laughs> yeah. I mean I don't think it was the vampire killer. Okay. And anyway. Well anyway. Oh man, that last that last episode with Alagar was so good. The music in the the music in the whole series is very good, especially that one. Yeah, that... I was gonna say it's it's not until one moment when it is, <laughs> and it's so awesome. Like a complaint I had with the first season is that they ignored the awesome music that Castlevania has. Yeah. They were saving it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm looking forward to checking this out. Guys, it was it tonight. was so it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I watched She-Ra uh, oh, yeah, yesterday, yeah. the Let's brand new She-Ra. She-Ra for just a couple minutes, it's, sure. It's very good. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good like drama comedy mix. Okay, cool. Animation's good. Everything's really cute. Yeah. Was it deserving of all of the vitriol that it received from that oh, one God, sketch? It could have it it, been anything, and it the, wouldn't have been yeah, deserving yeah, of no, that. that was a, I was leading the question there. <laughs> I, yeah. No. Okay. Good. Good. I'm glad it's. I'm glad it's good. I'm. It's, oh, that's another thing. I it's better than the original show because the original show is dumb. Yeah. I mean, I love the original Shira, mm-hmm. but it is very dumb. Oh sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like He Man. He Man. Well, that was holiday terrible. special. Oh yeah, I love that holiday special because it's so yeah. dumb. <laughs> I'm not nice. <laughs> it was nice of you to save Relay, Mister Skeletor. I am not nice. Yeah. I'm evil. 
He-Man. And He-Man's always been incredibly dumb. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get where people get off thinking it was some kind of serious adventure program. It was oh, a rose colored glasses. Yeah, it was a is. is a goofy kids show to sell toys. To sell toys. Not yeah. even good toys either. <laughs> Terrible toys. Yeah. Oh, I watched Incredibles too. Okay, how was it? It's not bad. Uh, That's how I felt. I'm it, like, this is just okay. It, it it's virtually the same story as the Incredibles one, mm-hmm. just with just, the roles slightly reversed. Just not told as well. <laughs> eh, eh. Okay. Well, I hated the villain, the screen slaver. Yeah. What are you, my grandpa? Like, <laughs> oh, everybody's looking at their screens and not enjoying the, the outside time. It's like, shove it, Brad Bird, you grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I think that was that was a red herring on the actual. It was. No, yeah, it was, but it was still there. <laughs> I still want to check that out as well. I mean, it's worth giving it a watch, but it's not as good as it should have been. Uh, that's that's a shame. That's how I feel about most of the Pixar sequels. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Finding Dory was okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Toy Stories are good. Yeah, all the Toy Story movies are good. Yeah. Well, I mean, the third one ended with, like, the existential acceptance of, of death. <laughs> yeah. All of them as they, yeah. as they, like, went towards, like, the burning hellfire... Of the, of, of the incinerator, of the incinerator. Yeah. and that's where the franchise should have ended. But we'll talk well, about that well, later. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Oh, uh, real quick, something else. I finished the anime Assassination Classroom, and the last episode made me cry like a big old baby. Aww. Aww. Like music and tone and everything. I was like, darn it. I need to go back and watch all that. I haven't watched any good anime in a oh, while. Oh man, I was so mad. I I got home. I got home Friday from work. I was like, you know what? I got like three episodes to knock out. I fell asleep while watching them on Verve. And I was like, okay, I'll back up and I'll go watch it again later. When I got up later and went to watch it, it was the date that the Funimation oh, thing. No. Oh, no. Uh, and it, it, I went to watch it and it aired out. I'm like, what is going on? And then all the Funimation stuff was gone. Oh, what a bummer. I was like, no. I was like, wait a minute, I have Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to... I just have to Suffer commercials. Yeah. I, I watched a couple episodes of that uh, Zombieland saga. What is that? It's it's an anime about girl who gets hit by a bus or something and becomes a zombie and has to become part of a zombie idol troupe with, that's run by this weird guy. Okay. And uh, it's really cute and really weird. Um, they they do like a metal routine where they headbang a lot, and oh, because nice. they're zombies, they, they don't have bones, and they just kind of flop around. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Well, I uh, watched an anime as well. You guys, I'm a little. How much did you hate it? Well, no, <laughs> it was well. It's it was weird because it was British for one, and also live action, and also from a few years ago. I watched the Great British Bake Off. Like three seasons of it. I'm oh, make, I love I'm that making, show. I'm I've been watching joke. it too. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> it's a good show. It's fun. But Mary Berry is great, and I hate Paul Hollywood. Oh, Paul Hollywood is a jerk. Oh yeah, but it, it's a, it's a. I love how supportive everybody is of each other. Oh yeah, no, so everybody is super. Yeah, everyone is super, super supportive of each other. Like they become friends by the end. It is very different from your American reality show garbage. Absolutely, like Survivor and Big Brother. And yeah. here's the thing. I'm not much of a cook, and there have been things on that show that I look at and go, huh, I can make like 
I kind of want to make a really simple beef, dumb beef Wellington <laughs> dummy version of this thing. Like yeah, I've never had a beef Wellington. Like every time I watch like Hell's Kitchen or something, like they always do beef Wellington, and I'm like, I kind of want to eat it. <laughs> I haven't either, but it sounds good. Yeah, like there was an episode where it was like antiquated like um, things that you know aren't made anymore, and it was like basically old timey hot pocket that they would like <laughs> make for like when you would work in the field, and like it was like one big long pastry. And it was like segmented into two segments. And the first half had like savory stuff like meats and vegetables. And the other half was like pie filling. Hmm. And it was like a big, long, crawler sized hot pocket. So you'd get through the dinner and then you'd have your dessert. And then you have your dessert and then you go back to work in the fields. That seems like the perfect meal. You just you just scarf down that that long hot pocket and then like you're good to go. Something they would dehydrate like dehydrate and feed to astronauts. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's so genius. <laughs> Long uh, hot pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we get back, we'll get into a little bit of news. Nerd Overload is sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. MB Subculture is the one-stop shop for all your geeky needs, from comics and collectibles to unique custom costumes, masks, makeup, and more. MB Subculture is located at 122 West Rensselaer Street in downtown Bucyrus. 567-806-5364 and online at subcultureoh.com Poor Peter Parker was pitiful Couldn't have been any shyer Mary Jane still wouldn't notice him Even if his hair was on fire But then one day he went to that science lab That mutated spider came down Oh, and now Peter crawls over everyone's walls And he's swinging all over town La, la, la 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 da dum. Sling us a web, you're the Spider Man. Sling us a web tonight. Cause we're all in the mood for a hero now. And there's evil doers to fight. Kids, a friend of his who horns in on Mary Jane. But to his great surprise, it seems she prefers guys who can kiss upside down in the rain. With great power comes great responsibility. That's the catchphrase of old Uncle Ben. If you missed it, don't worry, they'll say the line again and again. Again, oh la la la, did he die? La la, did he die? Now Norman's a billionaire scientist who never had time for his son. 
But then something went screwy And before you knew he was trying to kill everyone Then he's riding around on that glider thing And he's throwing that weird pumpkin bomb Yes, he's wearing that dumb Power Rangers mask But he's Sad day at the funeral Norman Osborne has bitten the dust And I heard Harry said he wants Spider-Man dead Ah, but his buddy Pete he can trust back that was ode to a superhero by weird al yankovic and we played this because okay we don't usually talk about uh celebrity deaths or, or anything on the show we usually try to keep things pretty upbeat but there was a pretty a pretty substantial uh death in the realm of geekdom i guess just the realm of the world and the realm yeah. of the world really at this point yeah and um it would, it would... be so offensive not to say something <laughs> yeah so monday afternoon uh reports went out that uh stanley had passed at the age of 95 and it was it was sad it was incredible oh, it was yeah. very sad i it, felt it i felt a, bad it was a bummer mm-hmm. it really was and uh the entire world seemed like they were feeling it um, At first, I thought it was another hoax because he I, he was one of the ones that got hit the most. He got a lot of yeah, and you know I don't want to I don't want to turn this into the 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 bummer hour starring no, Stan no. the you know the memory of Stan Lee, but like so I kind of want to talk about some of the more positive things. He was definitely uh, for better or worse a a real pioneer in comics. He really kind of revolutionized the the industry from something that kids pick up for ten cents and throw away after they're done reading it to um, what it is today. 
Uh, mean, again, he, for better or worse. He co-created all of your favorite characters. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if if you like the Marvel movies, you have Stan Lee to thank. For, Full stop. For, like, almost all of it. Just about. You know, it was it was sad to hear about the news of his passing, but not overly so because he was 95 years old. He'd also been sick for a and long he, time. He had been oh, yeah. sick for a long time, and there were some other extraneous... Circumstances. circumstances going on um it seems like some legality stuff some between shady dealings were going on that people may have been trying to take advantage of there him. were some reports that uh, a former caretaker was trying to take advantage of him and his daughter might have been trying to take advantage of him for the sake of getting him um to cons and to sign stuff and make money for them he about a month ago he went on his social media and said that no, no none of this is happening but Again, you were never really going to know whether it got to the point where like Kevin Smith offered for Stan Lee to move in yeah. on his property. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I mean Stan's in a better place. Oh, no question about that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's we lost a, a a powerhouse in comics. I mean, there's very few of the old guard from like the I would say from the sixty to sixty four is really kind of the original like original creators. The golden age. The golden age. Of, of, like, Marvel, like, the Marvel age, like, kind of stuff. Just the Marvel age. Yeah. It's sad. And, yes, Stanley wasn't a saint. There were a lot of things. I mean, now that he's passed, a lot of people have, and it's kind of settled a little bit, there are a lot of people that are kind of rebounding and going, well, what about how he treated Jack Kirby and all and his rights and how he treated Steve Ditko and why Steve Ditko doesn't have a, a chunk of Spider-Man and what about this and what about that? And... No one's perfect. Yeah. I'm not, you know, by celebrating the man's life and his accomplishments, I'm not sweeping some of that kind of crummier stuff under the rug, which it is. I mean, at least he's not Bob Kane. At least he's not Bob Kane. Also, wasn't Stephen Ditko kind of a turd? Uh, A little bit, but (laughs) he still, Ditko also didn't get a lot of the rights for Spider-Man. And later on, the, the older Stan Lee got and the more of a face of Marvel Comics he became it became less of well Jack Kirby and I created Fantastic Four or Steve Ditko and I created Spider-Man and it became I created these people these were my creations and kind of swept the artist under the rug under the rug that was kind of the way he did it because more than anything Stanley's a showman he's a good writer and he had the gift of gab and he could really really talk but if you want to look into that that kind of stuff and I say you know if you want to get a full rounded look at of the man's life, definitely look into it. There's uh, definitely some really interesting stories that go I mean, on with there. The I good saw and an, bad. I saw an interview once where he talked about uh, I think it was when they were creating Thor. Mm-hmm. They he talked about how they were all sitting in a room together talking about what they could do because they had done all these other types of characters. Mm-hmm. And then somebody had made the joke, "What about Super God or something?" And they all kind of laughed and they're like, "No, that'd be offensive," and kind of laughed it off. Mm-hmm. And then I <laughs> guess like, they all. Wait a minute. And then they all started thinking, like, what about A dot dot dot? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's kind of how that went. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, I guess anytime you have, like, somebody super famous for the creation of your universe, basically, you're going to have some black smudges. Right. But, you know, this is kind of a time to kind of celebrate the man's life and his uh, contributions to geek culture. Of which there are many. Of which there are many. Or um, just just Americana period. Yeah. Oh yeah. At this point, it's beyond geek culture, and it is into like just 
pop culture. pop culture and world culture in general. I you don't mean, even got to be a, a geek, really. You know, you know yeah, these characters. Everybody oh, knows yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, God. And he, I mean, Stanley himself popped up in so many different things near the end of his life. You know, movie, you know, cameos and stuff. He even popped up in the Teen Titans uh, Go to the Movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. He yeah. popped up as a as a cameo, animated cameo in that, and he, you know, he's like, "Hey, Facefront True Believers, I'm Stan Lee." And then someone comes in off the side, and Wesley Stone says, "What DC Comics? I'm out of here." <laughs> and then, like two seconds later, he walks back in. I don't care. I'm Stan Lee, cameo <laughs> king or whatever. <laughs> and uh, another cameo that um, not a lot of people know about. But I do because I watch a lot of movies, and my sister was in was into these kind of movies when I was younger. He was in The Princess Diaries 2. Uh, he was one of the foreign dignitaries that showed up to the mm. main character's wedding, and all he did was speak Three Stooges lines because he learned to speak English by watching Three, <laughs> Three Stooges. Stooges. So you see Stanley in a suit saying, like, you know, <laughs> you wise guy, <laughs> you wise guy, and stuff like that. So... You know, he's going to be missed, and there's definitely going to be a hole that can't be filled by Stan Lee. He's, That'll never be filled. It will never yeah. be filled. There, I don't think there's ever going to be. Comic creators nowadays are kind of more of a household name. Like, Gail Simone, a lot of people know who Gail Simone is. Uh, Rob Liefeld, for better or worse, people <laughs> know Rob Liefeld. Can't draw feet. Can't draw feet. Muscles too big, can't draw feet. <laughs> Uh, nice guy, Perspective though. Respect is bad. The, hey, the Rob is like his enthusiasm. I got oh, a chance no. to meet him in person and his enthusiasm for like the medium and just life in general is infectious. So, yeah. Uh, but I don't think there's ever going to be anyone as big and as prevalent as Stan Lee. And he's going to be missed. I mean, oh, yeah. Now, uh, from what I understand, they were able to film his cameo for Avengers 4, and that's going to be the last one I that saw, he cameos in. I saw where somebody said they should put like a statue or a painting of him in the background somewhere of all the other ones. They should put a statue of him in like Disney World. <laughs> well, the, the, the current right. uh, Marvel offices are in Los, uh, Los Angeles uh, now, so chances are they'll probably... I, I thought they... they moved it. No, DC's in Los Angeles. Marvel's still in New oh, York. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Marvel's still in New York. Well, then there's definitely going to be something put up in, in New York City for yeah, Stan. Cause yeah, because DC... That's, that's right, because yeah, DC, DC moved wants, out. More, wants to be closer to Warner and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I like how it really shows how big Black Panther was, that every, every obit or announcement mm-hmm. I heard mentions him as the creator of Black Panther, whereas if this had happened, like, just a couple years ago, they would not have even they mentioned would not Black have even Panther. Mentioned it. No, well, it, it would have been just Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys hear about the, uh, I was on kind of a jokier note, did you guys hear about the Australian newspaper that said that uh, Spike Lee was dead at 95? <laughs> wow. How do you manage that one? Uh, Australians. That's not man. even close. They got some dingoes and, and kangaroos <laughs> with boxing gloves, like typing their newspapers. I guess I don't know. Stanley's brother's still alive. Yeah, and he's a comic writer too. Uh, yep, he's a comic writer. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, he's gonna be missed. There's no doubt about it. But it's a better place than he was certainly, and you know, world's gonna keep spinning, and yeah. there's gonna they're gonna just keep doing Marvel stuff, and that's kind of how it goes. I did get to briefly meet him a couple years ago. You did, yes, really. Oh man, that's cool. Yep he assi- he signed a uh, an anniversary 
like a uh, edition of an Avengers comic I had it like a silver cover and stuff on it. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. See, I please tell me you still have that. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. It's, it's, okay. it's it's in a bag and a backer and everything and it's in a safe place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lock it in a safe. <laughs> yeah. See, that is that is one of the major regrets I have. A number of years ago, I had the opportunity to meet Stan and, you know, talk to him and like get a picture with him and stuff. But at the time, it was just outside of my financial. Well, it was thing. very. I mean, it was very. Expensive. I mean, he he charged a lot, but it was. But it's freaking Stanley. It was, it was <laughs> outside of it, but it was doable. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I could have gotten around it. I could have kind of adjusted things and done it. And I always thought, okay, well, you know what? The next time he comes to Columbus, the next time he comes around, we'll do it. I, and he canceled his last appearance. He was either supposed to be at this Wizard World or the one before, and he canceled it because he wasn't feeling well. And he canceled his whole his whole tour. He did. He did of all and the all the Wizard Worlds. Yeah, and uh, that opportunity never uh, came back around, and that is a uh, major regret that I have. I will say um, I I stood in line for a long time when I'm I met sure him. you did. I'm sure you did. But uh, yeah, Stan, we're gonna miss you, bud. Anyway, let's talk about some. Happier news. Excelsior. Yes. Ex- yes. Excelsior. <laughs> Face front, true believers. Anyway, uh, the other big thing that happened this week was a trailer for Detective Pikachu hit the internet. By and, storm. And people have gone nuts for it. They've gone rare candy for it. <laughs> it. I think it kind of was like a mixed reaction at first. Yeah. But as time has gone on, oh, I definitely have... had a mixed reaction at first. Yeah. Uh, so for folks who don't know, Detective Pikachu is kind of a side story set in a town, in a fictional town where humans and Pokemon live side by side. They're not like trainers where you capture them and catch them all and stuff like that. They are like, you know, it is what a city they're in the, buddies. In, they're, it's a city in which a would be normal for the Pokemon universe. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It wasn't any different than any other Pokemon city. I didn't think. Right. But, uh, well, they've, they mentioned in the trailer that it's like the town is like specifically built as like a, you know, testament to, the synergy between humans and, and Pokemans. I thought that was just the whole Pokemon world in general. It like wouldn't, that. I wouldn't, you wouldn't, I would think that, but the trailer specifically like points that out. I mean, and, we'll, we'll probably get more when the movie comes out. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. But the story is of, uh, and this, he's like 20 something guy, uh, Tim Goodman, who um, his father was a detective for the police and he works for the police as well. I believe it looked like it. Yeah. It yeah, looked yeah. like he was like a dispather or something like that. Yeah, or was, like an analyst or something. He's not a police officer. Right. And his dad went missing. And one day, uh, Pikachu, wearing a deerstalker hat, shows up in his apartment. And somehow, when Pikachu talks, Tim can understand his language. And he sounds like Ryan Reynolds. And he sounds like Deadpool. <laughs> he sounds like Deadpool. I think it's his dad's house, actually. Because it looks like he's hanging out in his childhood bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. And if the... We should not get into semantics on a movie trailer. We don't right, 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 right. If the plot of the movie <laughs> is anything like the plot of the game, the Pikachu was his dad's Pikachu. Mm. And there are some other things that go on. It, again, if the movie follows the game. Follows the game. Which I'm sure it will to a point. I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah. But what do you guys think of this trailer? They went in 
a direction I was not expecting for the art the art direction of the Pokemon. They, Hyper realistic. They're realistic looking. Yeah, but which, they still look like Pokemon. Yeah, which yeah. was a little off putting at first, but mm-hmm. the more I thought about it, the more I kind of love it. Yeah. Well, they could have gone one of two directions, you know. That could have been either the hyper-realistic or they could have gone, like, full-on Who Framed Roger Rabbit style. Yeah, you could have gone Transformers Mm -hmm. or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, they could have just stuck the 3D models from the the game into... And people would have been happy with that. But I like the hyper-realistic take on it. I I didn't... I was initially kind of put off by Pikachu's uh, Fuzziness? fuzziness. He was incredibly fuzzy. I never really pictured him as that, but, and I told you guys this off mic, there was an argument online that, like, he's a squirrel mouse that's constantly charged with electricity, his hair is going to be standing up on end because of static electricity, and you know what, that little bit, that makes sense to me. (laughs) I just think it's so refreshing to see Pokemon in a different way. Yes. Because they've looked the same for all of however many bazillions of years Pokemon's been Mm -hmm. around. To see them reimagined in a different way is ultimately like super refreshing and cool. Yeah, and this story seems very, very interesting. I mean, if they're going to do a Pokemon live-action movie, this is this kind of story that they would have to do because the stock standard gotta catch them all is kind boring. of boring. Oh, yeah. It would not work for a movie. Nope. It, it would bore people to tears. It just wouldn't work. I mean, even the first Pokemon movie had like like an actual... like plot in a direction it was going yeah yeah so it's a pokemon genre film and that's mm-hmm. cool <laughs> it is cool and i hope that this does makes a billion trillion dollars and so they can make more of these genre style movies because Ma- De- detective pikachu a pokemon story <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man how angry that uh that jigglypuff looked oh yeah and people didn't like the fur on the jigglypuff but you know either. what the the alternatives it was a completely hairless fleshy jigglypuff that would look like a scrotum he looked like a scrotum it would you be mean awful. mr you mean mr mime's face hey mr mime looks creepy in the game and so. it's super great though and if you look <laughs> yeah. at the the models that they use for the movie he has moles like he has oh, moles wow. and pores and like he just looks he looks like a freak and i love it <laughs> okay so switching gears from a video game movie that could actually be good to this a video might be game. the first one it might be <laughs> I don't know. Mario Brothers. <laughs> Trust the fungus. But uh, but no, switching gears from that to a uh, uh, movie. I'm, I'm interrupting you go again. Go for it. In in a weird, the ultra realistic way that they interpreted the Pokemon in a weird way is kind of reminiscent of the Mario Brothers movie. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Except but it, actually, is... it actually seems more faithful to the source material. Yeah. Though. But this oh, is yeah. going to work. Yeah. But uh, so this looks good. You know what doesn't look good? Monster Hunter, the movie. Which is getting made, but by the Resident Evil movie guy, w- a guy who's Paul no, W S Anderson, who's no stranger to trampling all over K- uh, Capcom franchises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Well, you know what? He, I'm glad he's around though, because at least he gives his wife Mila Jovovich something to do. Because <laughs> she's nice. She's and, a good actress, and is also in this film. She is also in this film. Monster so, Hunter, a game that is about hunting monsters and little else. Yeah, very little <laughs> plot other than here's a thing, go hunt the yeah. thing and stab it till it's dead and then take its skin and make armor and then go hunt a bigger thing. That's the game. Here's, yeah. your, here's your bow gun. 
That let's, is that is exactly the game. <laughs> and so let's make a, a make a two hour movie about that, but not just a two hour movie. Let's set it in the real world where there's military and guns. Because that's what's missing from Monster Hunter there's is gu- modern day military hardware. There's guns in Monster Hunter. But not modern but not day. modern day guns. It's Monster Hunter is set in a fantasy land with where where Fantasy the, guns. Where you have a little buddy that's a that's a cat that helps you and feeds you food and stuff <laughs> while you're hunting your dragons. So the main plot of this movie, from what I understand, and there's like very little about this movie. Basically what Jovovich has put out on her Twitter for the most part. Yeah, her Instagram. Her Instagram, rather, yeah. Uh, the um, main thrust of it is somehow monsters from Monster Hunter World have gotten into the real world New York and the military have tried to use guns and planes to blow them up, but it doesn't work. And then Mila Jovovich also somehow comes over from Monster Hunter World and tells them, hey, guys, you can't stop that Rathalos dragon with your bullets. You have to go cut up a, a wingling boy and use his his talons and, and horns to stab the, the the dragon which doesn't make sense there's no reason why bombs and planes wouldn't work they're not magic monsters they're just monsters well <laughs> I mean look what they did to the Resident Evil uh yeah, storyline it, it bears little to no resemblance to Resident the Evil only, whatsoever. the only good yeah. thing the only good thing I ever liked about the Resident Evil movies was how nemesis looked that was it. That was it. I yeah. only ever saw the first one, and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you know, this movie is not going to be great. It's super, super not going to uh, be good We don't at all. need a Monster Hunter movie to begin with. Yeah. Ace and, Ventura, Monster Hunter. Yeah. And even <laughs> if they did, you could presumably make a movie that's actually based in the source material. Yeah, I mean, fantasy movies... Yeah. Are a thing that exists. It doesn't have to be grounded in reality in real life New York. I know what they want. They want the visual of a dragon flying through New York because that in itself is kind of rad. Hey, we, did, we did that in almost, Avengers. Almost every movie that has a dragon in it is bad. Yeah. It's just the way it is. I don't know why it's that way. It's a shame because dragons are great. Hey, yeah. hey, don't you be trampling all over my, my reign of fire and my <laughs> dragon heart. <laughs> But I, I always pictured the Monster Hunter world as being kind of a prehistoric or mm-hmm. like a First Nations kind of people. Yeah, it's like a prehistoric land with like knights, but instead of wearing like shiny like European armor, it's like armor that's built out of like they use, the stuff around them. They use every part of that dang dragon <laughs> to build more armor and weapons. Toe to tip. They use every every bit. Nothing goes to waste. <laughs> so uh, we have one quick hit, and I think Cody's going to tackle it real quick. Uh, okay, tell me about BlizzCon in like two minutes. BlizzCon happened, and it a bunch of news came out from that. There's a new Overwatch hero named Ash, who's a rad cowgirl mm-hmm. with a good design. I'm, I'm more about that Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has a giant robot buddy that's her alt that she calls in as like a... It's, the secondary character. He's a giant robot bruiser with a mustache and a bowler. Yeah, it's nice. a really cool design, a really cool concept. Um, they're remaking Warcraft 3, an HD reforged edition called like Warcraft new cin- 3 Reforged. New cinematics <laughs> and everything from the ground up. It looks fantastic. And the biggest piece of news was that they're making a new Diablo, but it's on your phone. And they were really kind of dismissive about about it when they announced it mm-hmm. like when they announced it the crowd booed 
Yeah. They were so mad it was a phone game. Well, and their response was, what, do you don't have a phone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's them doubling down. That's definitely a stance to take on it. You know what? That game, the the mobile game, would not have gone down as poorly if they would have if they wouldn't have made it the last thing on well, their thing, and they would have had an actual Diablo game to announce after. Yeah, it. that's the thing because you can't bring back a franchise that's been gone for a while with a phone game and think people aren't going to get mad. Like if Bethesda would have ended their thing with Fallout Shelter. Which they were smart enough not to. Then th- there would have been problems, but... E- they even did it with the Elder Scrolls this E3. They announced that mobile game, Elder yep. Scrolls Blades, and then followed it up with just like a logo for the next game. That's all they had to That's... do. That's it. That's all they had to do. But yeah. instead, they were like, well, it's a mobile game. Bye. Boom. <laughs> we're out. But and... here's the other thing. The company that's making the mobile game... Is not Blizzard. <laughs> is not Blizzard. And they... The, the Diablo game is a game they already made just with a Diablo skin on it. Yeah. The it HUD, plays exactly like the other one. The HUD and everything looks the same as this weird, like a Diablo clone that the company yeah, already it's made. Like a, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a chi- it's a Chinese mobile game developer. So, it do- I mean, it doesn't look good on Blizzard's part, and I think people are right to be kind of ticked. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're blowing it out of proportion well, a little sure, bit. Because, yes. you know, there's, you know, you're, some people are babies about it, but... It is yeah, super lazy on Blizzard's part. Yeah, store. but I think yeah, it is it a bad is mood on the mm-hmm. bad mood, bad move on their part. It is. It really is. All right, so hey, uh before we get out of here, we have one email to read and uh and it comes from a uh, listener Parker. Thank you very much Parker for uh emailing us. Just as a reminder, you can email us any comments or questions about anything we talk about or anything in general at staff at nerdoverload.com. There's um, a good chance we will talk about it. There's on a the good show. there's a very good chance. Uh so I'm not going to read this entire email because there's uh, a bit here, but I, so I'm going to kind of truncate it a little bit, but uh it's pertaining to the question that we asked about the next trends for movies because it seems as though the superhero genre is starting to kind of Wayne. wind its way out. And Parker suggests that uh, Marvel and Disney are going to be smart about it, and they're going to be able to persist through the decline of superhero movies. Uh, he thinks that they're going to be able to kind of calm it down and kind of back it off to the point where they'll still be able to pump out at least one per and year. They, and <clears throat> Kind of what they're doing with Star Wars. Kind of. And they got they still got to sell... Uh, Iron Man toys to kids, which yeah. is really the whole point of the franchise, anyway. <laughs> right. So, so, and I, and I agree with him there, but he believes that uh, similar to the uh, '90s, thinks a lot of like uh, superhero movies are going to kind of dial it back to um, nearer kind of uh, smaller budget kind of things, and uh, he he also sees kind of a rise of uh, more independently the, made the indie movies. Indie movies back. are going to come back. The, the clerks and, and the. Mm-hmm. that time that sort of thing. that time frame of films yep he also mentions that we're kind of seeing a shift more towards fantasy films kind of like it in the 80s where we had so many so many because a lot of the uh uh superhero movies are kind of starting to go that way as well plus there are so many other fantasy type films well you, you can kind of think uh game or uh, game, game of thrones, of thrones yeah mm-hmm. Because I mean that really that really reignited people's like love of this medieval fantasy setting. Because I've been noticing a lot of stuff. Like you had Game of Thrones, and then like History Channel had Vikings, and then they had Nightfall, and then the BBC had their uh, The Last Kingdom. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Which is actually pretty good. 
Netflix has their uh, the Outlaw King series starring Chris Pine and Marco Polo. They mm-hmm. did, yeah, they did Marco Polo. I yeah, think TV moves a lot faster than Hollywood. I think, I think there's oh, yeah. going to be a definite shift towards television for sure. Yeah, and or Netflix miniseries. Yeah, I mean, I they're, they're already talking about a Lord of the Rings TV series. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yep. Sin- yep. well, since Hollywood doesn't move as fast as TV, it hasn't reached the saturation of fantasy mm-hmm. that TV has. Right. And so we might be headed. I still think it's anime adaptions. That that could be. I mean, Battle Angel uh, Alita uh, is is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yes. that's, that's coming. I mean, if that if that hits, then we're going to see a bunch of those. Uh, Parker that... goes on to talk about because there's a whole second paragraph I want to touch <laughs> on real quick. Uh, he uh, kind of predicts that um, we could see the beginning of the decline as early as this. Christmas season because both Aquaman and Bumblebee are going to be hitting around that time. And because both movies spent about a hundred million dollars per to make, not ju- not counting uh, marketing. One of the two of them is probably going to bomb because they're both coming out about the same time. And that's going to be which, a huge punch. Which one do you think is going to bomb? Um, pff, Bumblebee. Yeah. Honestly, it's I, a shame too. It's a it shame. Good. Yeah. Because in any other climate, Bumblebee would do, Perfectly well. Bumblebee's going to do what better overseas because the Chinese market love Transformers movies. That is what kept the Transformers movies going, kept them afloat after two. So you're, you're going to see a better. So bad. It's so bad, but they loved it for some reason. Uh, but you're going to see. Uh, I, I'm predicting you're going to see a better um, uh, return for Bumblebee overseas. But Aquaman is probably going to win here in the states. Well, yeah, it's it's a DC film. Plus, it's got Jason Momoa in it, and, and people love Jason Momoa. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he finishes up by saying that along with the uh, fantasy genre, he kind of thinks that some dormant genres are going to get a resurgence, kind of like Westerns. Might see some more Westerns coming up. I could see Red Dead kind of mm-hmm. uh, leading a Western resurgence. Mm-hmm. Could definitely there for be a, a thing. while, I thought there was because we had we had the True Grit remake, yep. which is very good. It was a very, was very good, good movie. I liked that I movie. like it more than the original film. Mm-hmm. We had eight, Hateful Eight. The Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. We had the which was also the really Revenant. good. We had the Revenant. We <laughs> yeah. had uh, Django. Redi- Django. Django. The Ridiculous Six. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, he also suggests <clears throat> noir, which is kind of interesting because P- Detective Pikachu is a Pokemon is like, noir film. It's right there, <laughs> and it's coming. And if it does well, you're going to see more of those. And he says, yeah, possibly even a brand new genre or style will emerge. Which, hey, great. Let's do something new. I have I have a hard time imagining what a new film genre would be, but I'm not the Hollywood genius. <laughs> right. I mean, we've done young adult novels, mm-hmm. which are still coming out, but they're not as they're not flooding the market as much as they were. Mm-hmm. It's anime. It's I, I I that's a cross I'm going to die on. It's it's I anime. Mean, I mean, anime is super popular with everyone, especially with so many streaming services that are available now. Well, yeah. Crunchyroll just hit like 200 million billion subscribers or whatever. It's a big deal now. Yeah. And we've got Atlia. We've got Attack on Titan. We've got mm-hmm. My Hero Academia. The mm-hmm. My Hero Academia animated movie made like a bit like a lot of money. And yeah, it, was, it went, it went yeah. to legit theaters. And it was only in theaters for a week and it made like millions of dollars. Right. Man, I really wanted to watch it. <laughs> I did too, but I just couldn't make it to the gateway in time. <laughs> So I actually think, um, well, I don't think, but I hope uh, the satire genre kind of comes back, like the Mel Brooks style done right. 
It has to be done right. Not the movie movie. Not the not the it's that movie movie, but like a good like Young Frankenstein or a good like Blazing Saddles. That would that be That sort nice. of film. I I I really see that style of comedy come back. I almost feel like that's a lost art though, honestly. It can be done. It can certainly be done. The way like I know it's kind of apples and oranges, but if you look at Portlandia and some of the more, I know that was kind of more uh, sketch mm-hmm. kind of driven, but it was also, but it was also satire s- of... satirical. Yeah. So and if you kind of stretch that into kind of a longer form sort of thing, I mean, if you take airplane apart, it's basically a number of sketches set on an airplane with an overarching plot. Yeah. So I could see it happening. And that, and that was a satire of, you know, of the, Air, air aircraft disaster movies that were big at that time. Big at the time, yeah. What about uh, cerebral horror films like Get Out? You know what? If Get Out was great, and I wish they would make more of films like that, but it's been long enough since then that if they were going to, it would have happened. It would have happened. A Quiet Place was close. Then we got uh, Hill House on Netflix, which is really good. That's what I've heard, but. The thing is, though, with horror movies is, like, they come out in droves all the time, and 90% of them are just terrible. There's well, also they're, a, they're a time all, and a place for them. They're, they're not, yeah. I'm talking cerebral horror movies that make mm-hmm. you think not. I know, I know. Yeah. Not but, yeah, but how, Cabin but, Slasher but, 4. <laughs> but, how, but how often does a really good one come out, though? Not very often at all. At least once, once every couple a of year. years. Yeah. 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 All right. So, anyway, uh, again, thank also you, Parker. Heredity. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh my god yeah that year. one yeah that's what what was the one with uh the rage cage oh mom and dad mom and da- the other one. Oh, the other one the psychedelic one. Oh, mandy mandy yeah i could see a, a rise of those like um a horror directors that were influenced by the over-the-top uh films of the 80s and taking like a weird like avant-garde style Lin- spin lynchian kind of yeah like lynchian <laughs> style uh, uh films like that i could see a resurgence of that for sure although perhaps it would have been more it would have happened more and sooner if the the return of uh, uh twin peaks would have done better because mm, it, yeah. it kind of petered out there near the end uh, anyway, we've kind of gone over time, so let's go ahead and wrap things up. Again, thank you, Parker, for emailing us. You've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com, which works now. It works. <laughs> it's there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Nerd Overload Now. You can email us. Staff at, did you already do that? I've done it a couple times, but do it I'm again. Doing it again. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com with all of your Hollywood predictions, your Smash Brothers character choices, whatever. Whatever you want, yeah. You can uh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Overload TV. That's right. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and just about anywhere else you can find a podcast, you can find our show. And uh, just as a reminder, we have uh, T-shirts for sale. Just go to bit.ly backslash Nerd Overload T. It's a great for a uh, Christmas gift, you know. Yeah. Give don't you want your loved one to get the gift of nerd overload? <laughs> so Christmas creep approved. Yes. Yes. Oh, he, he loves it. I, I talked to him the other day and he just absolutely is thrilled by it. And a little bit, a couple bucks of that goes back to help support the show. So, uh, you know, if you're feeling generous, that would be very, very, um, anyway, thank you again for tuning in and we will be back next week. Peace out.
This show was sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes.